When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast Live with Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. Hi, I, didn't, I didn't get the memo that we were not. No, there was at no memo, so give yourself a break. Well, good on you that you were smart enough to I wear. I lucked into it. I, I I brought the jacket that had pants on the oh, same hanger. This is so concerning. But I am wearing the jump man's. My mom's gonna be so mad at me. I went with the, uh, <laughs> oops, I wore the sporty sandals today. The beautiful part of this is that's only for the live crew on Facebook, and we'd love to take your questions throughout. Bonus coverage. That's right. On the Sooner Sports Podcast, when you download it at Soonersports.com slash podcast, you're probably saying, what are you guys talking about? Well, here's what we're talking about. <laughs> Game day, Saturday, Oklahoma and Missouri State in the opener. Finally, football to talk about. And before we recap the Lincoln Riley press conference, you and I were just kind of tossing it back and forth, playing a little pickle before the uh, podcast hit the air. <laughs> it still seems as if we're not at that point yet where we're truly all in on asking football questions, right? There's still a lot yeah. to to kind of figure out on testing and protocols and different things of that nature. But we're still we're still kind of, un, I don't want to say uncomfortable, and not to lump everyone together, but almost as if just kind of tiptoeing up to true football and depth chart conversations. The uh, I like to evaluate the press conference not only from what Lincoln Riley says, but from the media perspective as well. Because uh, right. I sat there for a bunch of years, and you as well. And it was very interesting today, the first of the weekly press conferences, we were 10 questions or so in before Spencer Rattler's name ever came up, which is amazing if you think about it. And not a single defensive question was asked the entire time. And uh, very few, was a, I think there was a question about the running backs and one about the wide receivers. So we, there were a few football questions, but a lot of it was still COVID-related, uh, social justice-related, um, there was a question about opting out and suspensions and things like that. So I think in time, I hope anyway, I think in time, as we get going and playing some football, those will start to fade and more. But it is, I, I understand, because when you have the opportunity to talk to Lincoln or, or the assistant coaches or Joe Castiglione, the thing that is first and foremost on your mind is, how's everybody dealing with all this? Right. How's it going with all this? Because we're still thinking about all of that and probably will be for a long time. I love the question that Lincoln got. I think it was from Joey Helmer. And this has been something that's been on my mind quite a bit is that's funny. We, we bring up, we're talking football, but I got one COVID question. <laughs> when does the roster have to be set? You know, is this going to be an NFL type mindset this year to where, you know, you have, uh, you have inactives and I know that that's not necessarily going to be public, but is there going to be like a, a drop dead time for Lincoln and his coaches for knowing what they have or what they don't have? Because if there is one term that has been used consistently 
throughout this offseason, it's flexibility. And that's got to be a challenge for these coaches going forward. It's going to be a challenge for everyone. You know, uh, yes, an amazing challenge for the coaches and for this football team and every football team right. to not find out until Friday that you're going to be without a guy or multiple guys and then have to be ready to play on Saturday. It's going to be a challenge for us to, oh. I mean, in the NFL, they, they have to report right. if someone is questionable or probable or out or whatever. Not only do they not have to in college, doesn't sound like they are going to. So we are not going to know theoretically until Saturday who will take the field for anybody, not just Oklahoma. I mean, there could be very important people who won't play in football games or, or large groups of people who we don't know until they take the field for pregame warmups. And then, and then I guess we f find out. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get an official COVID <laughs> list at kickoff or how it's all going to work. So uh, the players, it's going to have to be more flexibility than ever as far as maybe guys playing multiple positions. It's going to be fascinating. We just wrapped up listening to Spencer Rattler, who had his first meeting with the media as the starting quarterback for Oklahoma. And he dropped one of my favorite lines, pressure is a privilege. And, you know, it's good. It, it's great. Here's a kid that probably comes in as one of the most hyped quarterback recruits that Oklahoma's had in quite a while, and he's earned it. You know, he's earned that right. So you jump into a situation where, oh, by the way, kid, the previous three guys all went in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, two of them went number one overall. They were all Heisman finalists. Two of them won it. Mm -hmm. Good luck, Spencer Rattler, because pressure is a privilege, and that bar is so high for Oklahoma quarterbacks right now. You know, it is. I can't wait to see him. I think he'll be fine. You know, uh, listen, I would be petrified if I was following on the heels of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. Uh, but this guy's, you know, these guys aren't made the way we are. You know, right. I mean, they they relish the opportunity to show how good they are uh, on the biggest stage. He's got a dream of, of being a star NFL quarterback someday. So he's not shirking from uh, the pressure at all. I'm, I'm sure he does embrace it. I think it'll be interesting Saturday to see how Lincoln tries to get him comfortable. He did say in the press conference that when you got a, a new kid like this, you want to try to get him comfortable early. To me, that means short passes, you know, maybe some uh, swing passes, some screens. Just try to feel that completion uh, percentage go up early in the game and get comfortable. Um, I think the key for him is to not try to be a superstar on play one. You know, just let the game come to him. Uh, he's got very talented running backs behind him, very talented wide receivers and tight ends and H-backs he can throw the ball to, maybe the best offensive line in America. He doesn't have to force the issue. So just, you know, patiently let the game come to him. He doesn't need 400 yards passing in the opener. And, and then uh, you know, gradually build confidence, and as the season goes along, yeah, he'll, he'll be a star. I have no, no, no doubt about that. In, in really watching Spencer last year, um, I'll just say, I, I, don't ever think, I don't ever think confidence is going to be an issue, but nope. confidence on the field in, in what he's executing is a great, great way to look at it. Uh, Michael Bowles hit us up on Facebook. By the way, got a question, got a thought on this team. Let's get after it. Hit us in the comments section of this right here on the Oklahoma Football Facebook page. Can't wait to see Spencer Rattler. I watched a video on YouTube about him. Excited for another Heisman winner this year. That would be pretty special to get another Heisman winner, but I will say I fell into that trap quite a bit during the, the quarantine and watching Spencer Rattler highlights on YouTube right. from the just throwing a ball, what, 70 yards in the air during a camp <laughs> To his behind the back spirals. Behind the back spirals, yeah. his his camp work in, in Arizona, to even watching. I mean, if, if you really want to kind of dig into what Spencer Rattler can be as a quarterback, go back and watch the fourth quarter of the OU South Dakota State game, or South Dakota game last year. He's immensely talented. Absolutely. And he's got the best quarterback coach slash head coach in America. You measure those two, and he is headed for the path of being an outstanding player. Got to stay healthy. Got to be right between the ears, all that kind of stuff. But there's no reason this kid can't be a star. All right, this is our moment during the podcast where we remind you that you can subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast, Apple, iTunes, however you consume podcasts, iHeartRadio. Simply search Oklahoma Sooner Podcast. That's where you can find us. And just updated this morning, our position previews presented by OG&E. OG&E, we energize life. They're so fun, yeah, right? Yeah, they're great. Because you hear a lot from of the information. coaches. You hear from the coaches talking about their position. So mm -hmm. let's quickly, as quickly as we can, in the time that our producer, Craig Moran, allows us, 
Talk about the running back position. Talk about the receivers and talk about the okay. O-line. Start with running back. Yeah. DeMarco Murray in that room. Can we hand him the football? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Wouldn't that he be looks, great? He looks like he oh, could still play. He, he, could, he could clip off 200 yards Saturday with no problem. <laughs> I think TJ Pledger's being overlooked. I think he's going to be the first guy on the field, and you do a show, I do a show. When you talk about the running position, running back position, I hear people saying, yeah, I know about TJ Pledger, but I'm really excited about Marcus Mayer. Right. <laughs> or I'm, I'm really excited about Seth McGowan. And I think he's being taken for granted. This was a very talented young man out of, out of IMG Academy, coming out of high school, who, when given the opportunity, has looked really good. I think you look at his stature and you think he's a third down back, and he's tough, man. He runs between the tackles. He's tough. I, th I like all these guys. And Ramon when Ramondre Stevenson comes back, he's certainly got a chance to be the go-to guy. But I think TJ Pledger, and you listen to the coaches talk about him too, I think he's poised to have a really, really big year. So from, oh gosh, just watch some of these runs, by the way, from TJ Pledger last year. And there was a stretch, I want to say maybe mid to late, because remember, he got dinged up a little bit during the season, missed a few games. Look how smooth he is. Um, but he got an opportunity a few times later in the season and looked really good running the football. And everything you hear about him, all the all the excitement, all the energy, that that to me gets me fired up for a guy that statistically you don't really see numbers yeah. that drop your jaw. And you know he has been patient, he's been waiting for his opportunity. You never hear anything about him complaining for more carries. He's just head down, go to work, and I'm excited for him to get a chance. And you mentioned just real yep. quick, uh, Marcus Major, uh, here is a guy that was kind of the hit of camp last year. A lot of people talking about him coming out of camp. But he got dinged up, so now he's waiting for an opportunity to, to get after it. And the freshman, I think, is going to have an opportunity to mm -hmm. get involved this year. So a lot of fun at that running back position. All right, let's shift from the running backs to the wide receivers and a completely different look whenever the number one guy went in the first round. CeeDee Lamb off to the Dallas Cowboys now, moving down I-35 South. How are you feeling overall about what that depth looks like? I mean, Charleston Rambo's the guy, right? We're counting on Think ball so. out Charlie. Think so. But, man, it seems like that both Dennis Simmons and Kale Gunny have a lot of depth at all those receiver positions. I'm just excited to see who emerges. It's, uh, it's kind of like running back. I have no doubt somebody will. But um, who develops a comfort level with Spencer Rattler? Um, I think that Charleston Rambo is a big play guy. Can he go from being a Robin to a Batman? You know, that's the question. He, right. he was the guy that got a lot of single coverage because of C.D. Lamb last year. Um, I think that certainly – I like his size. I like his speed. Ball out Charlie. I like his nickname. <laughs> I like everything about him. Um, I think that uh, Obi Obiallo is a guy to keep an eye on early. Uh, played a ton. He's a transfer from Marshall. Played at Oklahoma State early in his career. And uh, he has he's a vet. He's big, like six foot three, could be a nice third down target. I, I think the freshman Marvin Mims has a chance to be a, a guy who could be an immediate impact guy. But, you know, the, the guy for me with uh -oh. the electricity to uh -oh. is Theo Weiss. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think the, the few opportunities we had to see Weiss play last year, he made some spectacular plays. You know, he would turn a short pass into a touchdown. He would run through trash in the secondary. He'd break tackles. He's got good size and elite speed. And I feel like last year was the get comfortable year for him. And if you had to pin me down and say, who will the star be that emerges this year? assuming no Jaden Hazelwood. Right. I think Theo Weiss uh, will be the guy at wide receiver who ends up being the star of this wide receiving court. And let's not forget, if you go back on our sound off show a couple weeks ago, I picked my breakout player. Drake Stoops. Be Drake Stoops. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I, it sounded like uh, what Kale Gundy told you is he's got a chance to really be a big impact slot guy for them this year. I love watching the highlights of Drake Stoops. Flip that hair back, <laughs> taking a shot every time he catches the football. He's tough, and if you play him in the slot like I think they plan on, I can see him being like a Wes Welker type guy for yeah. them. I, I think he's got a chance to see a lot of playing time. All right, let's uh, because we're running short on time here, uh, quickly hit on the offensive line. If you want to hear the full breakdown, check the podcast archives. Bill Biedenboe goes in-depth, but 
you know, again, you've got four returning starters. Now it's just a matter of are they going to be starting in different spots? Some thoughts about Adrian Ely maybe moving from right to left. And at least Bill Beanbow's got a lot of combinations he can work with. Well, I want to know who you really interviewed on the podcast because that was not Bill Beanbow. <laughs> he seemed fired up, didn't he? He was excited. <laughs> he was optimistic. He was. I was like, listen to, listen to Bill. <laughs> I don't know who's going to play where. I think, you know, we, we've heard everything. I think Ely is going to be at left tackle and, and Robinson on the right side. And I, I don't know. They've, I know they've experimented with a lot of things. I can't uh, wait to see what's, you know, where does Stacey Wilkins fit in and all this kind of stuff. Oh, they are yes. experienced and they are deep. I mean, deep, deep. And just to hear how excited and optimistic Bill Biedenboe is about his guys gets me fired up because I know he knows what he's doing. All right, before we shift to the defensive side of the football, Jack Stallings asks on Facebook, this is a good question. Without a spring, how shaky could, I'll just say in general, the football look come this Saturday? Great question. I think it has to do with a lot of factors. I think you're going to see ugly football across the country, maybe all year, but certainly early in the season. Because of no spring, because of, of the sporadic practices where either you stop practice for a period of time due to a COVID outbreak or you've got guys that are in and out of practice or large groups of guys that are in and out of practice. You know, we heard Navy didn't even tackle before their game that? the other day, and it showed, you know. And so there's different strategies as to how to try to prevent uh, too much contact taking place. So all of that combined, I think, is going to lead to some ugly football. Maybe in the, at the NFL level, too, but it's certainly in college. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating to watch it play out. On Saturday, 6 o'clock, and we'll that be manifests on the- itself in more turnovers, maybe, more missed tackles, maybe. Right. Fundamental-type things don't look as sharp as they normally do. And, and Missouri State's a team we're facing on Saturday that's only playing three games. They're playing us in, what, Central Arkansas twice. Right. So it might even be a bigger challenge for them. All right, let's talk about the defense. Year two of speed D. Sooners drastically improved in every single statistical category last year. Moved to the top 25 in total defense after being 144 a couple of years ago. Let's go, man. I'm really excited for not just guys like DeLaren Turner Yell and Pat Fields and Deshaun White. But names like Trey Brown and Nick Benito, I think that there is that magical word depth that this defense has. And at least from what we've been able to learn from Alex Grinch, and I love talking to Brian Odom, they, uh, they're going to rotate guys. They're going to play a lot of people. Depth is always important in college football. It has never been more important than this year because of the circumstances we're dealing with. And the good news is this is as deep as Oklahoma has been on the defensive side of the ball in a long, long time. I think the secondary, especially has a chance to be as good across the board as it's been in a while. You got some great uh, sound bites about Trey Brown. Trey Norwood is back. Delarian Turner Yale and Pat Fields have played a ton of football now. Buki's played a ton of football. Uh, the two Washingtons back there, Woody and Bryson, sound like that they get a lot of potential. Uh, who am I leaving? Jaden Davis played a lot. Jaden Davis, yeah. So I mean, they got a ton of guys. I'm leaving somebody out. Um, I think that. The two individuals on defense that I'm most excited to see on Saturday, assuming they play, is Perrion Winfrey up front, who's going to have to feel that uh, that role that was so important by Neville Gallimore a year ago. Number one JUCO defensive tackle in America, an instant impact type guy. We've heard a lot of hype about him. I can't wait to see him in a uniform. And the other one, and uh, people are sick of me talking about David Aguebu, but... (laughs) DU2. I, I think DU2 has a chance to be the breakout star of this team. He's wearing the number two last uh, this year. Uh, he was very good for him last year in the number 34 there. He's 6'4", 250. He's a uh, monster of a human being, and I think they're going to put him in the middle of that defense, and he's got a chance to be a real difference maker. The next great uh, interior linebacker for OU. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know what's interesting is not only – not only has he moved from the outside to the inside, which, you know, from listening to Teddy Lehman now for I mean, how many years has Teddy been with us? Eight years on the broadcast. That's not easy to do. But he's working inside with another guy who apparently has had an amazing offseason, Brian Asamoah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Teddy has talked about him, and that's him on the, on the bottom of that play. He is one of those guys that when he gets consistency, look out because he has all the physical traits. Otsimo, absolutely. And if you listen to the the previews, Brian Odom talked about the freshman Shane Witter. And I think I heard this right. 
Top five fastest guys on the team? Speed, yeah. Tremendous speed. That's impressive. Speed. Uh, all right, so let's shift from kind of just general thoughts in the, in the linebacker specifically to that defensive line. And, yeah, we'll have to wait a little bit for Ronnie Perkins. Tanner Wright asks kind of what do you think on that defensive line? You brought up a big name, Perrion Winfrey. Let's not forget about Leron Stokes, mm-hmm. who was back this season. I thought Leron Stokes was really good near the end of the year. And I feel like a guy that we haven't talked about enough is Marcus Stripling. Yeah. Yeah, I think he came on the field for one play against Texas last year and got a sack. Right. But, I mean, I, I just think with the youth, and we get caught up a lot. I'm guilty of this, of, oh, the freshman that just signed. Well, how about the guys that were in the system last year and maybe didn't get a lot of opportunities? I think this could be a big start to the season for Marcus Stripling. You know how you get super excited when your favorite baseball team or whatever basketball team gets a big pickup at the trade deadline? Right. Mid-season, what a lift. <laughs> There's that- a lot of angst right now about the three guys who aren't going to start the season for OU, one of those being Ronnie Perkins right. on the defensive line. But if you look on the flip side of that, if you can make it to that point unscathed, they're going to get an unbelievable mid-season pickup from Ronnie Perkins, who might be the most disruptive defensive player in the Big 12. Trajan Bridges, who adds depth to that wide receiving core and is another guy who could make plays for you there. And Ramondre Stevenson, who might be your best running back. I mean, these aren't just three guys. These are three <laughs> dudes yes. who are going to join this team at some point this season. And, and specifically related to what you're talking about, uh, Ronnie Perkins is, is a problem on Absolutely. that defensive line whenever he can get on the field. One final general question. This is from Michael Bowles, and then we'll wrap it up. And, Craig, I think we'll almost be done on time. Look Did at you say us. Michael Bolton? Michael, Michael Bowles. Oh. I don't know. Maybe Michael Bolton's listening. Um, with the Pac-12 and Big Ten not playing, how do you think that changes the outcome for the playoffs this year? End of the football year is what he asked. But according to everything, and again, I, I think the focus is week to week right now. Don't get me wrong. I like to think about football and that skinny trophy that Lincoln talks about. But I think the focus is really week to week more mm-hmm. than anything else right now. And then, you know, maybe by about game five, six, or seven, you start thinking about the playoffs. But from everything that, you know, Bill Hancock has said, it's business as usual for the four-team playoff, Right. Uh, yes. Can I make a, can I go sports radio prediction on you here? Oh, Am I allowed in this, fo- in this format? Absolutely. That's what this is about. I think the, the major imp- implication is Ohio State not being there Absolutely. because they're a national title contender. I don't know that anybody in the Pac-12 was going to be, and I don't know that anybody else in the Big Ten was going to be. So Ohio State not being involved is a, is a really big deal. I think Uh-oh. we're going to get three, four weeks into this thing, and if it, and everything's working and it's going well, that they're going to decide to expand the playoff to eight this year. Going to make more money, get more teams involved. They're going to say, I don't know if this is enough games to really judge who deserves to be in this. Let's go to eight. Just my guess, just a hunch. I have no inside information. When you were on vacation a couple weeks ago and I Uh filled it on your radio show, talked about the exact same thing. Oh, yeah? Great minds. Sapatico? Great minds. Crazy, right? Thanks for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast Live. We'll do this every single Tuesday after the Lincoln Riley Presser. Tell a friend or two or ten to join us on Facebook Live. For Toby Rowland, Craig Moran, Zach Tilly, everyone here at Sooner Vision, I'm Chris Plank. We'll see you next time. Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right. uh, Thanks, everybody. Uh, Good to see everybody uh, here today. Excited, certainly, to finally here to game week, a a game week that we uh, didn't know would even happen. So certainly excited and, and thrilled for the opportunity to to welcome Missouri State here, uh, and, and obviously a, a, a head coach that I have a ton of respect for, um, you know, has obviously had some had some elite moments in his career. Coached some elite players, um, so you know we we certainly have a ton of respect for any football team that, that Bobby Petrino is the head coach of, and, and know he's gonna uh, do some great things at Missouri State. So, you know, with that, you know, the added challenge of uh, you know new. Uh, you know, new schemes, um, you know, new team, uh, team that's brought in uh, a lot of transfers, uh, a lot of new players on both sides of the ball. So there's certainly some some relative uh, unknown with that. And uh, that'll be one of the challenges. It, it always is a little bit in the in the first game each year, but you know, probably a little bit more because of the, the situation with an entirely new staff uh, on both sides of the ball. So, uh, but uh, again, tremendous respect for, for Coach Petrino, what he's done. Uh, he's got some really good football players on that team. They brought in some really talented guys uh, from outside. So uh, we're, we'll be excited to welcome them here uh, 6 o'clock Saturday night. And, and also would say, I know I've said this before publicly, but 
those guys have just been tremendous to work with. You know, Coach Petrino, their AD, everybody there at Missouri State, just to be able to just be able to put this game together. Uh, we had to move it. You know, we had to agree on testing procedures. There was there was just a lot to this, and uh, can't say enough about how. Uh, open they've been and how flexible they've been uh, in working to make this happen. So it's certainly uh, much appreciated. Uh, our team's doing well. We're, we certainly can't wait to play. We're, we're thankful that we're one of the leagues that's, that's still uh, that's still taking a crack at the season right now, and, and to be able to play a game is a great thing for our guys. You, you can feel you can feel the the intensity, uh, the excitement level of our guys right now. Uh, we're also adjusting to a little bit new practice schedule. And, and got a kind of a test week in that last week, and so uh, doing a few more morning practices than what we've done in the past, and that's been uh, uh, so far real positive. I think our guys are handling that well. So uh, just like I said, can't wait to play. Uh, very, very excited about the opportunity to do it, and uh, can't wait to see everybody Saturday at 6 o'clock. All right, thank you, Coach. We're going to jump into questions. We'll begin with Ryan Haver of the Oklahoman, who will be followed by Eric Bailey. Yeah, Mike, and I, I know this isn't something that you like to talk about much, but uh, I was wondering if you could address the status of uh, Jalen Redmond, uh, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, and, and Trajan Bridges for Saturday's game. Uh, the, three, the three guys that were uh, previously out, uh, no new update on that right now. Um, you know, could come at any point, but certainly no new update on that right now. Um, yeah, and then I think I've, I think I've addressed with you guys, you know, how, how we're going to handle that as a team uh, as far as any guys' decisions to, to play or to not play. So we'll, we'll leave that up to the individual. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World and then Joe Bettner. Well, no, Eric, I mean, I think we, we're probably monitoring it more just because now it's, you know, gone to three tests a week, you know. So now there's, you know, three nights a week that you're kind of holding your breath, waiting for the, the phone call or text message to come through with the results. So um, it's, it's been pretty important to us the whole way because, you know, we knew we were going to have a limited time frame to get these guys ready to play anyways. And so anybody that's been out either by – a COVID test or a, or a contact trace, you know, it's 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 affected us, and we've had to adjust. So, um, you know, I, I, of, of course, I think players are probably more sensitive to it now that it than it because it can cost them games. Uh, but you know, we've had, you know, we've been dealing with it. You know, we'll continue to deal with it uh, as far as the Friday contingencies. Um, that'll be interesting. I mean, I don't. Closest thing I can compare it to is, you know, we have practice in the mornings, the majority of this, uh, you know, camp, uh, the more majority of this fall so far. And we've had several instances where we get a, you know, a test result, you know, late, late one night or very, very early the next morning. And, you know, we've got a 9 a.m. practice and, and we've got to make adjustments on the fly within a matter of hours. So obviously we're not talking about games there, but but there is – some similar feelings when you've got to put it together and move around quickly. So can you be prepared for every single contingency? No, uh, just because it's such a broad spectrum right now. I mean, it's, it's a little more than any of us have ever dealt with, but I I think you've got to be as flexible and open-minded as you can. Mm -hmm. Bettner with the Norman transcript and then Jason Kersey. Kelly, Lynn Kiffin, people like that. And I'm curious as a young head coach, what you've learned from kind of those preparations you've had going up against those elite coaches and as far as just, you know, you know what you've kind of learned as, a, as well as an offensive coordinator going into your head coaching career. Oh, I mean, I think guys like that, you, you learn, you know, when you're competing against them, I think a couple of things. One, you know you can't beat yourself. Um, I think, too, you know, that they're going to do some really good things schematically that you may potentially have to adjust to. Uh, and then I think, three, you just you, you got to play well to win against against well-coached teams. I mean, it's it's uh, as simple as that sounds, but it's true. You just 
you know, teams like that aren't going to beat themselves and they're going to have good players and they're going to be coached very well. And so, uh, you know, it's always it's always fun having matchups against guys that are as accomplished as, as uh, a guy like Coach Petrino is. So one that, you know, we all look forward to. Let's go to Jason Kersey of The Athletic and then Kerry Murdoch. John Lincoln, I, I don't think that you guys have released testing data since I think August 24th. So can you give us an idea of where you guys are at uh, in terms of your COVID tests? Do you have a lot of active cases? And we've seen TCU and Oklahoma State make the decision to postpone. Is there still a chance that could happen? Um, as far as active cases, I think we're – you know, we're, we're to the point now where we're playing games um, and, and obviously any active case or contact trace is 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 going to have game repercussions. And so, you know, just like, you know, we would with an injury, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're just, we made the decision to not broadcast that. I know we'd been probably the most transparent school in the country up until then, but you don't want to give your, compete, or your team a competitive disadvantage, so we're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, and as far as the postponement, I, I, I don't, I, I'd be surprised. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're all one big test away from having to make tough decisions, and that's 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 every team every single week. So I, I don't ever want to say uh, impossible, but I fully expect that we'll be out there playing six o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, let's go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and Sports Animal, and then John Hoover. You're the offensive coordinator. What do you what do you like about your offense that you've seen out of them in camp? And and I would assume it, it starts with the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely excited about our front. You know, you know, they got a chance to to have a really good group there. You know, like we've said many times, a great combination there. A lot of a lot of experience. A lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps. Some young, talented guys that are hungry to, to, to get in there and, and certainly are in the mix. And uh, so, you know, you've, you've, we've created a very, very competitive situation there. So excited to see how those guys perform and, you know, how they continue to, to come together as a group. Uh, when, when you add some new talented players in there like we have, it, it also creates you're, – you're trying to battle finding the best guy for each position and position battles and all that. It, but also balance starting to develop some continuity and guys getting next to the guy they're playing next to or getting used to the guy they're playing next to. So uh, I would say we're somewhere in between there right now, but, but some fun battles going on there. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited about the group. It's a, it's a fun group. It's uh, talented, a lot of new faces, uh, but, you know, I think a group that, that has an opportunity to, to, to be decent. Okay, John Hoover with SI Sooners, and then Caleb McCourty. Hey, Lincoln, uh, in a year when you literally don't know from week to week if you're going to be able to field a, a two deep or even play a game, and then, you know, hard knocks this week with Chargers just up and canceled a big scrimmage because the players' minds were obviously on other things. Everybody's going through the same stuff, but for a program like yours, can you describe maybe the challenge of keeping guys focused on winning another championship, or is that standard this year – maybe softened a little bit because of everything that's going on. No, it's, it's definitely not softened. I mean, that's, those are, those are our expectations. We, you know, we understand that this season is going to provide some different challenges, um, some, some challenges that none of us have ever faced before. And in a lot of ways it already has uh, before it's even began. Uh, but no, the standard here remains the same. I mean, that's what we expect to, you know, be the best football team we can be. We expect to win and compete for championships, and that's that's uh, that's just who we are. So we um, we know it's gonna it's gonna require some uh, some different guys stepping up this year. It's gonna require a team that's ready to face some different adversities. But you know that's why the that's why championships are so fun in the end, and why everybody wants to be there and. You know, be the guy holding up that trophy, be the be the team putting on that championship ring because it is hard to do. It's hard each year, and this year is going to maybe you know maybe be harder than most. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go to Kayla McCory with OU Daily, who will be followed by James Hale. 
Coach, this is kind of looking into the future a little bit, but as of right now, is traveling one of the biggest concerns, if not the biggest hurdle that you guys are considering right now, especially with the trip to Ames, Iowa coming up? It's definitely a, a concern. I, biggest, um, oh, there's there's so many right now. I mean, just every every minute of the day right now is a concern. Um, and uh, but but no, it is. It's because it's something you can't really practice. Uh, and there is there is a lot of challenges. I mean, the you know the two most obvious are you. The one thing you wanted, you know, for for COVID is is social distancing is all you hear, and that's always on a on a bus or a plane. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and so uh, you know, and in a closed area is never a, a good thing. So. Now the travel is, um, you know, we've got a great team that's that's been working on that from day one, uh, you know, for many months here. So I'm confident that we'll have a great plan uh, and, and that we've already put together the makings of a great plan. But I think every team in the country will be um, antsy uh, and anxious to see kind of how that travel goes and how we'll have to ultimately adjust throughout the year with it. Thanks, Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, James Hale with KREF, and then Keegan Renault. Lincoln, I hope things are going well. Lincoln, you and Bill both talked about the depth that you had in the offensive line, and, you know, you talked about, you know, how, you know, you had so much competition. At one spot that theoretically coming in that you needed to fill at left tackle, uh, what have you decided to do there, and how big, a, how much of a rotation do you feel like you can have with the additional players that have developed this year for you? In the line. Oh, I think we could have, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that this thing could go. I mean, if you just take the whole pandemic situation out of it, it there still would be. And then, then when you add that in there, I mean, that, that could certainly, you could sit there and imagine quite a few different combinations that we could, you know, end up playing a lot of snaps with. So, and I think we've got the guys to do that. So we're equipped to handle it. But no, there's a lot of interesting options out there. I mean, you know, between Eric Swenson, you know, potentially Adrian Ely, you know, Anton Harrison's had a tremendous camp. Um, uh, Stacy Wilkins. I mean, we've got some, and we've got some guys that have the flexibility to play both and play multiple positions as well, especially some of those older guys. So that's that's given us a lot of key flexibility. We've tried to we've tried to leave the young guys at the, at the same spot as much as we can to give them a chance to really compete. But, but we do have the added luxury of so many of these guys knowing our system and being able to move around. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, certainly could go a lot of different ways. Um, and I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll test a few of them out and find out which one looks best. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Hey, Keegan Rinell with Sooners Wire and then Brandon Drum. Yeah, Lincoln, have you purchased a cutout to put in the stands for the game on Saturday? I haven't, no, I haven't. If I do one, though, it's going to be – if I do one, it's going to be a very trammel. Have you just put, kind of thought what Saturday's going to feel like, look like? I mean, it's just going to be kind of a different atmosphere and a different game day atmosphere for you guys. You know, I honestly – we've been so wrapped up in this, I honestly haven't. Uh, you know, I watched my brother play the other day against uh, Texas State, and, and it was, you know – I, that was the one point I did think about a little bit, you know, when you looked in the stands there and people spread out and, and, uh, so no, I know it'll, it'll be different, uh, but it'd still be really good. I mean, it's, uh, still a chance to play college football, uh, in one of the greatest places in the world to do it. So it's going to be different. Yes. Uh, still great. I feel like I should go to Barry for a response, but he didn't request. So, We'll go to Brandon Drum with OU Insider and then Jenny Carlson. And Lincoln, um, talk about Spencer if you can, and just I guess the you've gone through three three new starting quarterbacks every year. They've all been different, obviously, in terms of experience and uh, their overall time of playing on the field, uh, whether it be at place or at OU. But what's your overall? I guess the how you go about getting them prepared during week one each and every year, uh, being that it is his first time to actually be the starter and be the guy and having already gone through that three other times. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think you try to settle them into a routine, uh, and we've we've kind of had a plan that we followed to to be able to do that. You you want as little as possible in in week one to be new, because um, there's going to be enough new as you mentioned, just as it is with the situation. So. I think first allow them to get them into a routine, allow them to get comfortable. Um, you know, I try to have a plan that they're very comfortable with. And, and then, you know, and then I think, too, it's just the, you know, guys got to understand, you know, that's, uh, you know, you're the starter here for a reason. So, you know, we just need to relax and go play like it. And uh, each guy's different, you know, kind of as you mentioned as well. But their personalities are different. Some guys you got to settle them down a little bit. I'm, I remember having to. You know, settle down Baker and probably myself a little bit against Akron the first year. Um, uh, you know, Kyler, Jalen, those guys didn't have to really settle them down much. Um, they're they're naturally a little bit you know more calm. So um, yeah, I think it comes down to knowing their personalities, settling into routine, and then you know eventually that's what what guys came here to do. They came here to go play, and here's your chance. Okay, let's go to Jenny Carlson with the Oklahoman, who will be followed by Gary Eman. By the way, I'm in for $10 on that berry cutout. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> hey, um, you've talked about your running backs at various times and how much you like them collectively. Um, but with um, guys departing, also Ramondre not being available, you're going to need more carries out of the guys available these first four games or so than they've probably ever had at this level what are you hoping to see on Saturday and what what do you need from these guys moving forward as you think about games against K-State games against Iowa State games against Texas yeah I think just just want to see kind of the continued growth that we've had and, and what we've seen on the practice field uh, we've certainly you know when I watch this practice I see a lot of very capable, very talented backs, and, and I think running behind a, a, what's got the chance to be a very good offensive line. So um, I'm excited for those guys to get their chances. Um, you know, just just like I was excited for you know Rodney Anderson to get his first carries or anybody else that we've had here. So I mean, I think these guys are going to be really good players. Uh, I, um, you know, there's nothing like going out there and, and just cutting it loose and experiencing it. But I think we've got several guys that will play very, very well. So, um, you know, I, I more than trying to do anything superhuman, I just want those guys to go and be who they've been all camp and, and go go run hard and confident like they have. And, and uh, I think they're a hungry group that's eager to perform, and I think they'll perform very well. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. We'll go to Gary Emig of the Tulsa World. I think in this sets up potentially as a season where <clears throat> things are a little more uneven, bumpier in terms of play. Uh, might be a type of year where you, you just need a, a guy like uh, like a quarterback, and in this case Spencer, to, to make something happen where things are breaking down elsewhere. You, you obviously have had that uh, at, at OU in particular. Do you get a sense whether uh, Spencer can give you that, or do you need to see it in, in game action to know for sure? Um, I don't know as far as on the field play. I mean, I don't feel like it'll be any bumpier than what it ever what it ever has been. I mean, I you know, yes, you may have games where you don't have a guy here and there, but our, our opponents are going to be dealing with the same thing too. I mean, we're all we're all fighting the same beast here. So um, no, I just need we just need him to go be himself. I mean, he's. Uh, He's capable of playing the position, and you're right. Part of playing that position uh, at this level is not only the, you know, quote unquote, on schedule plays and plays that happen the way you you think they're going to happen, but you know, being able to to improvise, knowing when to do that, and making good good decisions in those situations. And uh, he, he's uh, shown the ability to do that. I think we've got a room full of guys that have shown the ability to do that. So um, nice needs to play within himself, um, and he's got a he's got a He's got a good feel for the game once things break down, and he just needs to trust himself and go do it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Dean Blevins with KWTV and then Bob Prisbillo. Especially him being able to deliver the ball accurately. 
I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm comfortable with how he plays outside of the pocket and how he plays when things break down. Um, he's a he's an accurate passer. He's got a good feel for the game. Um, you know, he's had a pretty good feel for when to when to take his shots. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, nothing you know nothing duplicates getting out there and doing that on your own uh, on a game field against another opponent, live situation, but. That's not part of the game, his game, that, that concerns me. I feel like he uh, he's comfortable in those situations and has a good skill set for it. Yeah, Lincoln, with all the starting, stopping, people in and out, one, are you close to a depth chart? And two, <laughs> were the competitive battles there this year like they've been in – Uh, yeah, no, I think we're close on the depth chart. And yeah, the competitions have been they, – they've certainly been there, but they've definitely been different. It's been uh, – I would say it's been more difficult to conduct competitions, uh, you know, to try to get guys, you know, enough reps and to make up for lost time. Um, you know, like you know, Spencer and Tanner were a great example on that. I mean, you know – Tanner misses a, a pretty big chunk of time and comes back, and you're sitting there kind of fighting the inner battle of, all right, do I, do I give him more reps because he hasn't been here, and then take away reps from the guy that has been here, you know? And I think a, a lot of us at different times just kind of we kind of found ourselves in that scenario, and uh, so you're just no, it is, and I don't know that there's a perfect answer for that. Um, so I think that the key is is one competitions will continue to be ongoing. You know, a lot of people look at the first game as some type of finality and there's there's a lot of competition and a lot of ups and downs yet to happen. And we've had a ton of guys here over the years that have been I mean, like look at Marquise Brown's first first year here where first couple games doesn't do a whole lot. I think we go to Ohio State, he doesn't play one snap and then ends up being ends up having a monster year. So I mean Rodney Anderson obviously another great example there. I mean there's there's tons of examples. And so uh, I think the key is we're going to have to keep competition going, one, because that's just a hallmark of, of this program, and two, because we are going to need more bodies this year. Um, you got to keep developing guys and, and keep them engaged and have more guys ready to play. Okay, time for just a few more questions. We'll go to Joey Helmer with OU Insider, who will be followed by Myron Patton. Yeah, I know you don't want to talk about the specific numbers, but do you have a drop-dead date, like 24 hours, 48 hours, the morning of the game that you would have to know or be able to know how many uh, – that you have enough players to be able to play a game now? Yeah, I, I think that would most likely happen on, on Friday. Um, you know, there's – you know, we've got the mandated testing where we have to be tested on Sunday – Sunday, Wednesday, Friday um, are three testing days. And so, uh, you know, obviously you wait, you know, you get you get to that last test on Friday and, you know, that test, uh, you know, is going to have pretty quick results. And uh, then you'll have an idea of where you're at once you get all those results on Friday. So, um, yeah, that's uh, – I, I would assume – I don't know if they give us a drop dead date, but I would assume, you know, that Friday, once we have those test results in, we'd have a pretty good idea. Okay, our final two questions will be from Myron Patton with Fox 25 and then Lynette Lobbins. Myron? Yeah, Lincoln, uh, you mentioned the competition. How much, what's your competition been in receiver life? I mean, you lost some great players, some really good players. Uh, but you got a lot of people back, Charles Rambo, some freshmen. What's your competition like there, and do you anticipate one guy being stepping up or a number of guys contributing this season? Well, I think we'll, well, I, I anticipate both. I mean, I anticipate you know several guys stepping up, having really good years. But I do think we'll have a lot of contributors. Um, yeah, it has been. It's been good competition. Um, been excited about some of the additions there. Uh, you know, you know, like a Marvin Mims and, of course, Ob and Theo Howard. 
Um, you know, those guys have been some really, really nice additions. Bron Darby's done some really good things. Mikey Henderson's done some really good things. Trey West. So it's been a, a good group of incoming guys and uh, some guys I think that'll be ready to ready to help us, ready to play. Uh, and then I do think we have some guys that have really improved. Uh, you know, I think Theo's taking some steps. Rambo's definitely taking some steps. Trajan's taking steps. Um, you know, Stogner, Willis, some of those guys. So, yeah, we, we've got a – we got a good group. I mean, we need to stay healthy there. We don't have just we don't have just uh, we're a few short on numbers as far as where we'd like to be, which we kind of knew that coming into this year. And staying healthy there is going to be a key. But we've got some talented guys, some good competition, and I think a lot of guys that, that can go out there and, and make make plays for us right now. The last question of the day will be from Lynette Lobin with Sooner Magazine. I do think the conference is. I, I think the conference is supporting our, our black student athletes, and I and I think just you know supporting unity as a whole. And uh, I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, everybody can take off on their own interpretations of this stuff. Um, and there's not anything in life that you can't find extremists or people that maybe put something in a negative light. Um, you know, this for us, I, I can't speak for the other teams in the conference, but I mean, this for our team is about people caring and taking care of one another. And that's, you know, that that's one thing our team has been unanimous on. And it doesn't matter if it's a black player, white player, Hispanic player, you name it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And uh, our team has, uh, one, they've, they've lived by that because you've seen, we see daily, you know how they treat each other, how they interact with each other, and that's, and it's just not a, it's not a factor here, um, and so one, I believe we have a team of guys that live it, and I think we have a team of guys that have had their eyes opened by other people's experiences within our team, um, and so they're all sensitive to it. Um, they're all, it's important to all of them, whether it's a black player, a white player, whatever, and uh, a white coach. It doesn't – we're all sensitive to it. It's important to all of us. Um, certainly glad the conference has gotten behind it. And uh, all our team – the only message our team wants to have is that, you know, we believe there can be unity and we want there to be steps taken. We want there to be peaceful. It has nothing to do with throwing shame at, at any other races, skin colors, ethnicities. It's about attention on issues in our country and what can we all do to be better and it's that and anybody that takes it for anything more is not understanding you know what we as a team are trying to to promote thank you you're welcome all right thank you coach that's all the questions for today we appreciate you joining us all right thank you guys